Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Blackwood, Executive Pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. It means so be it. So be it. All the words of the songs that we've sung, so be it that that he is for us. And if he is for us, who can be against us? Amen. God is good. You may be seated today. Thank you so much for just entering into a time of corporate worship together. It's been a great day already. I'm so um, grateful for what God is doing here in Calvary Church. I have some friends of mine that are going to come and join me here on the platform today, Pastor Tom and then Grayson and Casey and the most beautiful two little girls in all the world. Nora's got a cookie today. Oh, that's incredible. Nora and Avery and Nora's she's secretly becoming my friend. Like we're going to, we're going to become best buds, even though she doesn't know it yet. We're so Grayson and Casey are just some incredible friends of Calvary church here. And you're going to hear just a minute about, uh, the, the work that they are involved in there. We would say there are some of our global partners and, uh, what God is doing is, uh, exciting. Um, and so we're excited to have Grayson and Casey here with us today. You're going to hear a little bit about um, their jobs and what uh, their tasks are involved there. So Grayson and Casey, uh, we're excited to have you. Grayson, you get to go first. Take a little bit and just tell kind of uh, the, the tasks that are in front of you and, and where your family is involved in that. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor John, Pastor Tom, and Calvary Church for having us here. It's an honor to uh, share our heart with what um, we are called to do. Uh, we live in an extremely restrictive and sensitive area of the world, and um, that's where we set up shop. And uh, it is extremely unreached with the good news. You can go and meet person after person that has never even heard the Father's name once in their entire life, and they'll live and die and never hear it. And uh, I like to equate what we do to gold mining. Uh, a prospector will go and he'll find an untouched piece of land that hasn't been touched by a machine or, or man, and he'll prospect it and, uh, and dig it up. And with the right amount of resources, manpower, and investment, you'll receive a good payout. And that is exactly what it's like at, at our city. It is totally untouched with the good news. And with the right amount of manpower, resources, uh, we can see a great harvest come to know him. That's incredible. Pastor Tom's got just a, a, a great role as far as our partnerships with not only this family, but others as well. Tom, thank you for your leadership. We own a house right off the property right next door to us. And so um, that allows us to help uh, friends that are, are back. Uh, Casey and Grayson came back pre-COVID. So you guys didn't see this coming, did you? Nope. So they've been with us for a couple of years, and you can see how the Lord has blessed during that time, how the Father has blessed. And um, so, um, Casey, can you tell us a little bit, as much as you can, tell us what it is that you guys do when you're there? Yeah. We work in a restricted area, like Grace mentioned, and she wants to be with me. <laughs> 
And what we do there is we get to work with an incredible coffee shop. And at this coffee shop, it provides us visas so that we can stay in the country and return there. Right now, when a lot of people can't return, we get the opportunity to go back because of this business. And it also gives us a great place to have relationship with people and to get to know people better and uh, build relationships with them. Oh my goodness. So sorry, guys. Oh, <laughs> And uh, we also get to have access to villages that are right outside of the city that we live in. And it gives us a good opportunity to go and harvest the coffee that's there, bring it back to our shop and roast it as well. So we get to go to these villages of people who have never heard the name of God before. So one more question, because I know our time is brief here. Can you tell us how the Father has changed somebody's life? Yeah. Uh, we also get to study language where we're at, and we get to be in the same building as a bunch of students who are learning to speak English. And they always want to practice with a native English speaker, so whenever we're there, there's a lot of students really eager to interact with us. Well, one student in particular, she's always been extremely outgoing and really joyful. She came up to me one day just jumping up and down, hi, and so I'm jumping up and down too, hi, nice to meet you and she wanted to go get lunch. And of course I say yes, because the food there is very good. And we go and start eating and start talking about joy. And where does true joy come from and happiness? And I begin to share truth with her. And to my surprise, she had heard the name of the Father before. And where we work, that is very uncommon. And when I began to tell her more about it, she wanted to believe that. She wanted to become a part of the family, but she thought it was only for the older generation. And it broke my heart, but I began to share with her how simple it was for her to become a part of the family. And then she asked, where can I get an application to join this family? Uh, and I was so thrilled and we began to believe with her, yes. And we studied the good book with her. And um, before we left, we wanted to know if she had a community of people that she could grow closer to the Father with. And she did not know a single other person who's a part of this family that she could grow and study more with. And she goes to a university of 25,000 students and doesn't know another person that believes like she does. And that's the reality of where we live, that there are people who just do not know the truth and are seeking it and want to know so much more. And that is why we are so compelled to return and go back. Awesome. So we're gonna have opportunity um, to be a blessing to these guys. They're hoping that by the end of January, they will be able to go back to uh, the country of their, their, their passion, their calling right now. And we're also not only going to give you an opportunity to bless, Pastor John will talk about that, but I want you to take the opportunity, if you'd like to know and see what this good book is they're talking about, or you'd like to see the flag of this country that we're talking about, they're going to be set up in the 336 room after service. So please stop by and uh, see some of the information they've got, and they're going to stay around with us for a little bit and uh, just love to share with you a little bit more one-on-one -on -one and be a little more open uh, to dialogue with you. Amen. Amen. Can we give them a hand today, Calvary Church? Thank you, guys. I got to be honest, my, uh, I'm not a grandpa yet, but my grandpa heart kicked in there. I was like, I'm pop the iPad open and show Nora some pictures or something, but I'm afraid that wouldn't have worked. But uh, I, this family is incredible. Um, and just what uh, what they are doing, I, I 
you guys understand that sometimes we have to do things a little bit differently based upon the, the scenario there, and that's, that's as such here. But we are incredibly privileged to partner together with families like this um, all over the globe and to uh, uh, have, have the cause of uh, other people connecting with families just like this all over the, the world. So that's exciting, and I am so privilege to be able to lead in that. Grace and I, we had lunch this past week and talked a little bit about their, their job going forward. And I just, I told him, I said, it's really, it's kind of an honor for me personally to be able to, to lead in this moment as kind of the first highlighted family like this for, for, for my season here at Calvary to be someone that um, is working in an area that's near and dear to my heart as well. So um, I encourage you, stop by after the service here today uh, in the, um, the 336 lobby, and uh, they'll, they'll be able to share a little bit more specificity about what um, their jobs entail. You understand that? You with me? So we have an incredible opportunity being online and streaming all over the world to be able to be sensitive to, to the, the tasks that uh, they are about. So thank you for doing that. We're going to be um, continuing in our worship of God. It's not just about blessing a family, but God says that, that, uh, that we can have the opportunity to partner together with those. In fact, Paul says in Romans that we can partner together with those that are sent. So we're excited about that. Um, I want to invite you just to spend a few moments to focus on how we continue in our worship, and that's through our giving. This past uh, couple of weeks, in fact, in the 336 room as well, in different places throughout the lobby, you will see different opportunities that in this season, we are all highlighting and being, our attention is drawn to just different tangible ways to serve others. And that is honestly a, uh, a manifestation, a display of God's glory in our lives so that we can show others. And there's whether it's uh, adopting a child through the Christmas tree out in the foyer or the lobby there or the, the blanket drive or a few weeks ago with the turkeys that we it's just about us showing generosity to others. So as we continue to worship the Lord through our giving, then it gives us the opportunity to do that. And you can uh, give many ways. We've heard a family that we're going to partner together with today. And, and one of the ways that we can bless, be a blessing to them is in addition to your tithes and the offerings that you give so faithfully to Calvary, um, we've given you opportunities. If you give in uh, by a check or here physically in the building, those envelopes are in the seat backs in front of you. You can make your checks out to Calvary Church and just uh, write love gift on the in envelope there. That'll get to the appropriate place. Also online, if you select from the drop down box, the, the little option that says love gift, we will uh, know that it goes to uh, partner together there. And as well as texting, you can text to give, text the amount and the word love to 84321 and that will be there as well. So can I, I know we shifted order a little bit, but just hit pause on um, the instructions there and from, from my heart say to you, church, thank you. Thank you for how you continually show um, God's faithfulness in and through our lives in our giving. I'm firmly aware that at the, the, uh, the last several months in the season in the life of this church, that many of us uh, have been kind of sitting back, waiting to see, God, what are you doing at Calvary Church? And can I just kind of tell you this? Me too. Right? And yet, we find ourselves now in a position where God is allowing us 
to launch forward into new. And if you've been sitting on the sidelines, whether physically or in your prayers or financially, whatever, it's time. God is, is, is pouring uh, a new vision and new, new um, initiatives and impetus into the pastoral staff and our leadership team's lives. And we're, we're ready. Like we're, we're ready to go. And so I'm just going to encourage you. If you found yourself in a position, whether you're here in the building or online, you're watching with us and you've just been kind of, I, I know how it is, right? You, you kind of checking things out. It's time. God's saying game on. Let's go. Let's push forward. Let's do what he's calling us to do. Let's do that. Don't sit back. Don't sit back. And so we're excited about that. I would just ask for you to pray uh, for the next couple months as the staff and myself. Um, it's a unique opportunity. I just want you to know I've got several emails and hallway conversations and a couple letters that just say, hey, here's a thought, here's an idea. Keep them coming, love them. And what's, what's awesome about it is probably not too many of them have been new that we haven't seen ourselves. So the pastoral staff has just taken opportunities to, to get priorities laid out and, and say, hey, here's where we're heading. So be praying that God would just lead and guide and direct in that as well. So are you with me? Say amen. amen. All right. A few more housekeeping things before we dive into Ephesians chapter four. Pastor G said it earlier, it's Christmas season. It's exciting time, right? You saw the different landscape even in the foyer and this and that. Next week is a different week as well. Please, I wanna just encourage you to be here next week. Uh, it's a special day next, next Sunday. We're gonna have an opportunity to uh, be blessed by the ministry of one of our in, in the Assemblies of God, which Calvary uh, is involved with and belongs to. Some of you that are new say, well, what's that? Well, it's just a fellowship of churches that we belong to. And in that fellowship, there are what's called districts. And we have a pastor of our pastors. Pastor Rick Ross will be here next Sunday. He's going to be sharing the word. And it's kind of one of those launching into new pastoral ministry seasons at Calvary Church. So he's going to be coming and sharing, as well as our former pastors, Pastors David and Sherry Crabtree, will be here next week. And uh, I just think it would be very um, an awesome thing for us to say, Pastor David and Sherry, thank you. You you are awesome, and we just uh, appreciate so much the foundation that was laid here. So let's all be here for Pastors David and Sherry as well next week. And then Pastor Ron McManus will be back. It's going to be a full full house next week, right? Somebody said earlier this week, I won't let them, I'll let them remain nameless, says, man, with that many pastors in the room, we're going to be here till about three o'clock, right? It's going to be crazy. Well, we're going to plan that accordingly and uh, hopefully um, um, be on time and all that stuff. And then as well, next week, I uh, two things personally, uh, some people that are near and dear to my, my life and our family's lives that uh, just mean the world to me. And then in our Simply to God Fellowship that, that hold a pretty high level of responsibility and authority there, our Assistant General Superintendent of the Assemblies of God, AGUSA, Pastor Rick and his wife, Rita Dubose, will be with us as well. Uh, dear friends of ours, and we're excited to have them as well. And uh, then the most important people that'll be here next week is my family. So yes, yay, thank you. I, I was joking with Pastor Scott and a couple others. I said, this is, it's getting really lonely. Nobody will be my friend. So everybody's like, give him space. Somebody come be my friend. It's too late now. They'll be here. But I'm, I'm so excited to, to have my, my family. Kim will be here. And then all four of my kiddos. Uh, and you're going to get a chance to, to meet them. My, my oldest daughter, Chelsea, and her husband, Christian, and my son, Chandler, and then Chloe will be here as well. I'm, a, I'm 
I'm assuming Chloe will be here. Just FYI, some of you have asked how's Chloe's surgery and all that. It went well, and we're going to leave that decision to her whether or not she wants to pop in or not. She's still, you know, she's had some reconstruction things going on and a little bit swollen, and maybe uh, she may be here in in spirit, maybe not physically, but I'm going to leave that to her to make that decision. So thank you for your prayers in that. Amen. Well, thanks for letting me take a few minutes to do that. Ephesians, have you enjoyed the series on Ephesians, God's Masterpiece? Has it been encouraging? to you. Yeah, I, I, for me it has. It's been challenging. There's been some, some high points and some, some, uh, some tough points. But if, you've, if you're new with us today, this is um, the, the fourth, I believe. Am I, yeah, anyway, if I'm messing that up, just, it's the fourth time uh, week in our series. And what we've done is gone through chapters one through three at the first. It's basically Paul's letter to this church in Ephesus. And Ephesus was a, a city way back before for our day and age. But Paul was writing a letter to believers at the church of Ephesus to give them instructions on how to live out this faith that they had been called to. And so it wasn't just to one particular church. We see in context that he wrote it to that church and then the region of churches. And in some of Paul's other writings, we see how that this letter was not just to them then and there, but to us here and now. And so we've been on this journey. The first three chapters of Ephesians talks about this idea of unity, Paul was writing to a group of people that were called the Jews that he was trying to get them to expand their mind, their, their mindset of what the church was. And he was saying things like, it's not just you Jews, it's to the Gentiles as well. And the people groups may be different in the room here today, but the truth of it is, is the same principle applies. This word that we hear, and we are so privileged to be able to be in a country that has freedom to be able to come and worship and express our faith that way. But the truth of it is, it's not just for us. It's not just for us here in Greensboro. It's not just for us in this region, the state. It's for us. We heard some of our partners that understand that principle. It is not just for us. It's, it's this big picture idea. And so one chapters one through three talks about this idea of God's plan being one of unity for those groups. Then in chapter four, it starts the application. Last week, we, we talked about the diversity, the, the different gifts that God has given to us. And yet, even in those different gifts, there's a unified purpose. Even today, I'm, I'm reminded of it as you, and you have had this experience, if you walk around, even in the hallways and different areas of Calvary Church, you see different gifts being displayed whether that's the team that's on the parking lot telling you, hey, here's an open spot over here, smiling faces, waving. It's a gift of hospitality. The, the smiling faces at the door, that's a gift. And you see the, the talented men and women that are on this platform playing instruments and singing. That's a gift that God gives to the church. And so there's this diversity of gifts to help us become unified. Last week, we said some very key things that several of you responded to and said, yes and amen. Some of you kind of challenged a little bit. And then one of those key things was God gives those vocational gifts, pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, to equip the other people in the family for works of service. Now, if, if you've got a spectator mentality, that's a challenging word. But if you're one that says, hey, I'm all in, then that's a, yeah, let's go. Give me something to put my hands to the plow, so to speak. Just give me something to keep myself busy. And uh, boy, that's an exciting family picture that God gives us to in Ephesians. 
And now, here we are in Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse 17. Paul gives us instructions. And if I were to title uh, the thoughts today, it just simply is very simple. It says, live like you are new. Live like you are new. And, and for those of us that have begun a relationship and are living in relationship with Jesus, we understand the old is gone, the new has come. So this idea of living in this newness of life is where Paul starts this off. In verse 17, he says this, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. For those of you that are getting tripped up on his direction and and his identifying the Gentiles, and you say, wait, he said just a minute ago that the Jews and Gentiles were together in this body. Yes, but there were a group of them that had once they they became involved in this this family of believers, they they had fallen away. Why do we know that? We look through scripture and we see how that, that, that words are powerful and it says things like their hearts have become hardened. They have allowed themselves to be calloused. Those things don't happen over just instantly overnight. They happen over time. We see through some of his other writings that there was a group of people that had kind of fallen uh, away, so to speak. They were living their lives currently, thus the letter, in such a way that there were some areas in room for improvement. There's a phrase that I think applies in this and that applies to us as well, that many times there's this slow fade of areas in our lives that once we, 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 we believe the word of God and we are positioned and, and directed towards God, then sometimes we take those assessment points and quite honestly, at the end of a calendar year is a really opportune time and we recognize and assess ourselves and there could be those areas we say, hey, there's been, there's some hardened spots there. There's some, there's some calluses in my heart that I see I've faded towards that point and I, I need to recalibrate a little bit. The, the passage there in Ephesians 4, 17 through 19, there uses phrases like hardness of heart. They've become callous. They're, they've closed their minds. Things like this don't just happen overnight. They begin with one small step. We'll see in a minute in the later portions of the scripture that there's this idea of a foothold Sometimes we allow things to be kind of an entry point, a foothold, and there can be a slow fade in our relationships, in our relationship with God. And also, quite honestly, we see this in our earthly relationships as well. This past couple of weeks, many of you have had, had family at Thanksgiving and you're looking forward to or or you're at least planning ahead for those family relationships and times together over Christmas. And I'm very aware that in our earthly relationships, there are some that are strong and others that are not. And I would submit to you the ones that are, that are not, although there may be a, 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 a catalyst type event that has caused that tension, that has, has initiated that The relationship becomes strained nine times out of 10 because of a gradual fade 
away from each other. You've heard the, the old, old story of the, the, the couple, the farmer couple that's driving in their, in their truck and they're driving down a road one day. It's, a, it's not the fancy truck, like some, you know, not a, it's, a, it's the, the cab with the bench seat, right? I used to drive an 86 Ford F-150 and it was just a beater, right? It was just, but I loved it. We called it, we named my truck. It was called Bill, right? And Bill was just great, but he had the, he had the bench seat and this, this farmer, I just referred to my truck as a he, right? I know, it's, you can laugh at that, it's weird. So the farmer and his wife are driving down the road in this F-150 and, and uh, he looks over to his wife and uh, they start talking or whatever and he's sitting here driving and she's over here and, and she starts talking about how things used to be and how that, you know, just the relationship is, you know, kind of dry and we, boy, what happened? And she goes on and on and on. I just miss the way things, we used to be so close and he looks over just matter of factly and he's sitting there and she's sitting here and he just looked at her and he said, well, who moved? <laughs> Maybe a bad example, right? But the truth of it is, is that, thanks, yeah, I appreciate that thumbs up. Yeah, the, the, the truth of it is, is that sometimes when we say, boy, there's this distance and we need to recognize that, hey, maybe it's us who's kind of slid over and, and moved a little bit and it's, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a gradual, slow fade. The Bible also gives us examples of this throughout different books, and James says it this way as, as far as a negative example of this slow fade in chapter one, verses 14 and 15. It says, temptation, it comes from our own desires. They entice us and drag us away, but these desires, they give birth to sinful actions. That's not overnight. That's a gradual. They give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, again, not overnight, gives birth to death. There's this progression of things that happens. And then James also says in chapter one, verse two, he says, in a positive way, brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. This fade Paul is saying to the church there to be aware of it. Be aware if there are those hardened points in your life that to become calloused, identify them as that fade. So, well, that's great. That's a real negative. Where does that leave us? This week, as I was preparing uh, even for this message, I felt like the Holy Spirit was just saying a very clear word in this to those that may be here in the room or those of you that may be watching online. You say, that's, that's great, Pastor John. I I, I do feel calloused and hardened, and yet there's almost this sense that sometimes when you find yourself in that place, you can become paralyzed because you have no idea of how to, how to fix it, right? It's like this overwhelmed nature, and if the devil can get you to get paralyzed by that, then, then he's, he's winning. And I just wanna tell you today that in as much as that fade or that hardness or that callous in your life, it didn't get there overnight, it may not be gone overnight either, but today is an opportunity for you to switch directions. And we're gonna see in a minute how that just the switch in direction can help alleviate some of those hard places of our lives. If in a physical way, if you have calluses on your hand, that would be, it's very dangerous to your physical body to just say, get rid of those and cut them off, right? No, you begin to put lotion on your hands or whatever it is and you, and you make sure and it's, a, it's over time 
time, those things go away. And there's a truth that I just hope that you understand and, and, and latch on to. Some of you that are sitting in the room or, or online and you say, you know what, I feel, I feel really paralyzed because there's an area of my life that's hardened or calloused. And I just wanna say you this statement and then if you're note takers, write this down because this is so important, it's this. Your direction is more important than your speed. Your direction is more important than your speed. So I'm discouraged because this area of my life, I keep failing and I keep struggling with this. That's right. Your direction is more important than your speed. You say, oh, I'm, 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 a, I'm an addict. I'm, a, I'm an abuser. I'm a thief. I'm a this. No, 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 no. Your direction is more important than your speed. Why do I know that? Because scripture tells us that God gives us an incredible statement. He says this, if you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. It's almost this way. If on the front of this platform is, is where God is, right, in the visual, and I feel there's a gap here for me, and I know I cannot take a step that that's big, that, that is that, that much. I cannot make up the difference. God just says, I know that. I didn't expect you to. It's one thing for my direction to be this way because I'm not going to God. God says, no, 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 no. If you'll just draw near to me with one little step, he's God of the universe, and he'll make up the difference. His step may makes up that gap, and I'm just telling you today that your direction is more important than your speed. Do not get discouraged with hardness or with calluses in your life, but do be concerned with the direction. That's why a healthy church body is so important so that we can bear one another's burdens and that we can be, Proverbs says, that iron that sharpens iron, that, that one person can improve another. Your direction is more important than your speed. Well, how do we get to that point? What's the battle that we'll face if we say, okay, there's those areas I need to, to, to become soft in my life. Paul says it this way in, in, in the next section of, of Ephesians chapter four. He draws this distinction between those that have fallen away and then he says in verse 20, but that's not the way you learned Christ. Verse 21, assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, verse 22, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, verse 23, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and loneliness. This battleground of our minds is so significant in our spiritual development. Paul uses words like learned. You were taught. You have been renewed. One version says in our attitudes. This version here in the New Living says the spirit of our minds. Winning the battle of your mind is the key to walking in victory. Now, please understand, you can't think your way into this, right? But it is a way for you to, once God does the redemptive work in your life and he's forgiven you of your sins and he started you on that journey, I'm here to tell you that God created us, body, soul, spirit, mind. He, he gave us that mind to be able to use as a weapon to keep us on the right direction. And if we just say, oh, that's not an impact at all, we're missing part of what God has said, I've given to you as that weapon. 
An author that many of you may be familiar with, Craig Rochelle, says it this way, the life you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Love that. The life you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Our thoughts will direct our steps. Paul says this verse in Corinthians that just has always challenged me. Can I be honest with this? There, there, there's this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, we demolish, we destroy arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And here's the, the, the part that just, uh, it just is a challenge. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Can I tell you that in your daily Bible study and, and just reading through, there's gonna be times where you read something and you just go, all right, God, you're gonna have to make that plain. How do you take a thought captive? Well, my thoughts, I can identify them easy. I'm a, I'm a sinner, I'm, a, I'm an addict, I'm a, I'm a thief, I'm an abuser, I'm a, and the enemy puts all those thoughts. Well, how do you take those things captive? I can take a person, I understand the physical taking captive, right? But how do you take, so I read through that verse that Paul says that and he says, okay, if this is an issue and that we need to be renewed in the spirit, the attitude of our minds, and he's given us the, the way or the, the method to do that, then not even the method, the, the how to, but then how do you really do that? Like, how do you take every thought captive? Well, I think an easy way for us to do it is to look at someone who did just that and see how they did it. And the best example I can find in, in scripture as far as that methodology is someone who had put himself in a position who had fasted many days and was hungry and tired and weak and the devil himself came and tempted him and Jesus himself found himself in a situation that maybe you have found yourself in too in Luke's gospel chapter four. And you say, well, Paul and other writers are giving us these take every thought captive strategies. And boy, that's, that's exciting. But how? Well, Jesus gave us an example in Luke four. We don't have time to go to the whole, the depth of this, but here's what happened. He had, he was found himself in the wilderness. He found himself hungry and tired. He was preparing for ministry and the devil himself came and tempted him. And we see the story of what the devil did. He first hit his physical challenges and he said to Jesus, he said, Hey, um, you know, here's these stones if you're really the son of God, turn those stones into bread and they'll feed you your physical temptation, right? What does Jesus say in response to this? He gives us the way to win this battle of our minds. He says this, three words, it is written. It is written. You say, what does that mean? You say, well, I don't know. Well, Jesus was referring back to the words of God. He was referring to what we now have in, in he was referring obviously into the Old Testament scriptures of prophets and law, but, but we have the, the totality of God's revealed word to us in, in the scriptures. He was referring back to that as the tool to fight against the battle of the mind. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. 
devil says, well, okay, he took him to this high place. He says, worship me. He showed him all these kingdoms. He says, worship me, and all these kingdoms will be yours. Jesus' response, you guys are gonna see a pattern here. It is written, worship the Lord God alone. It wasn't even, even though Jesus had within himself the divine nature of God and could have leaned upon himself to fight all of this, he was giving us a model to say, when temptations and struggles come, the battleground of your mind is important and you can lean into and you can, you can make a withdraw upon the deposit of God's word in your life by saying, no, it is written. Well, I'm, I'm this, I struggle with this. I'll never win that victory. No, 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 no. It is written. He that is for you is greater than he that is against you. No, it is written. I am a child of God. Jesus was giving us this model. Finally, the devil says this. Hey, if, you, if you'll throw yourself down from this high place, the angels will surely catch you. Jesus says, it is written. Do not tempt the Lord, your God. Jesus gave us a model to fight this battle that is in our minds. And so today, we're gonna put that into practice. You ready for a little experiment, some homework, some participatory? Are you ready for that? Just say yes, please humor me. This is the time for you to nudge your neighbor and say, hey, this is about to get participatory and don't, you know, whatever. Some of you that are note takers and all this, Put your pens down because this is gonna, you're gonna get stressed by this. I'll, I, what we're gonna do, I, I know because first service there, oh, I didn't get all that. Well, you're not gonna get all this. We're gonna go fast. We're gonna, on the, the, the Calvary Church Facebook page, we'll put the notes to this and some of you have different examples of this as well. But can I just tell you, there are power, there, there is power in your words, Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so even if some of these are gonna be challenging to you, I'm just gonna encourage you, let's just speak the word of God with power because there may be somebody, it may be for you, it may not be for you, it may be for your neighbor or someone sitting in the room that just need to hear promises of God that God says through his word that are spoken over you. You may be in a tight spot in a relationship, you may be struggling with God doesn't love me, I'm blah, 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 fill in the blank, whatever, and God's gonna use us as a body to speak promises and life over you today. And so the references that I'm gonna show, I'm gonna say the scripture reference, and then there's a little statement that's an I am statement. And if you want those, like I said, in the Facebook group, Calvary Church, go there and we'll put the notes there. The online host can direct you to that as well if you're online. But these are a list just that's not even comprehensive. It was like pages. And I'm like, ah, I got to get the good ones here. And we're just going to declare the word of God over this place today. Are you with me? Say amen. All right, let's practice. I'm gonna read the scripture portion on this first one, only the first one, and then we'll just kind of go to the, the, the I am statement. Second Timothy 1.9 says this, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. And the I am statement says this, I am saved. We're gonna try it again. The I am statement says this with me. I am saved. Now we're gonna go fast. You ready? Colossians chapter two, verse 10 says this. I am complete with me. Say it with me. First Thessalonians 1, 4 says this. I am chosen. First John 2, 12 says, I am forgiven. Second Corinthians 5, 17. I am a new creation. First John 3, 1. I am a child of God. Are you feeling it? Ephesians 1, 7. I am redeemed. Romans 5, 1 says, 
I am justified. Romans 6.22 says, I am free from sin. Let's do that again. Romans 6.22, I am free from sin. I got ahead, or I got backwards. Anyway, Romans 8.37, I am more than a conqueror. 1 Corinthians 6.17, I am one with Christ. Now let me pause. I didn't say this at the beginning because I need, you to co- I need to coach you a little bit here. When you're watching this service online, the room in here, they hear my voice, but they don't hear your voice as well, right? So you're gonna have to just do it loud so the people online can be encouraged. Are you with me? All right, so here we go. We're gonna, lead, we're gonna start at Colossians 3.3. 3. Colossians 3.3 3 says this. <laughs> we were late on the deal. I, it was such a bad, it was such a good try. There's the way, they safe in Christ, okay? There's the way, Colossians 3, 3. First Corinthians 15, 57. There you go. Romans 8, 1. Philippians 4, 7. Romans 15, 7. And accepted. Psalm 32. Psalm 32, verse 10. Psalm 1, 3. Isaiah 41, 10. Psalm 84, 4. 1 Peter 2, 9. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. A few more. Isaiah 43, 4. Psalm 139, 14. Isaiah 43, 1. Can somebody just give the Lord a clap offering? All the, the media team are so mad at me right now because I threw them another curveball there. They did tremendous. It's all my fault for that. I apologize. But here's what I want you to know, church. When there's a battle going on in your mind, God has given us the tools to be able to fight against it. You say, well, that's a little bit childish and, and elementary. No, 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 no. Jesus himself, when he was tempted, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. I would just submit to you today, church, if there's areas of your life that have become hardened and calloused and that, that mindset is you're having trouble being renewed in the attitude and spirit of your minds, it could be just as simple as hiding God's word in your heart so that we might not sin against him. I say it could be, it actually is. You say, well, Pastor John, that... That's something that, he, that, that me as a new believer, a new member, a new person following this, this walk of Jesus, I can do that. You think? Well, Pastor John, I've, I've got a degree. I'm, I'm educated. I'm, I've got this Bible degree. I've got all this theology, and it's got to be more complex than that. No, it doesn't. See, I'm so glad that we serve a God who says things like, be ye therefore perfect as I am perfect. And yet, he said, I'll show you how to do it. Your direction's more important than your speed. One day, one day, we're gonna be made perfect. One day, our, 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 our filthy flesh will become perfect. 
I'm so looking forward to that day when, when we can see him face to face. And yet he says to us, you just keep on the journey. Keep on the journey. If you find yourself hard in your callous, keep on the journey. Make up your mind. Win the fight in your mind. How do you do that? I've given you my word. Hide that word in my heart. I, there's, there's verses that bring me so much encouragement. My life verse, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That means that God's not finished with me, that I can be confident in this, not because of who I I am, but because of what he is doing in me. There is a confidence in that. Why is that significance? I don't know what your scripture is that you lean into, but there's moments in our lives when we find ourselves hardened and calloused, and God says, hey, win the battle of your minds. How do you do that? It is written. Paul goes on, Ephesians chapter four. <laughs> I love I would just love to, to spend some time with Paul. It would probably be a painful conversation, but we get an opportunity with his writings to do that. And he kind of turns the corner again at the end of this chapter and he says this. So stop telling lies. Well, yes, sir. You know, I mean, I don't know what your personality type, but some of you in this room just tell me like it is, right? Doc, you going to the doctor? Doc, just tell me like it is. Others of you are like, hey, can you just candy coat it a little bit? Like, I can't. Like, I'm having one of those days. I haven't had my peppermint mocha yet or whatever it is. It gets, but can you just be whatever? No, no, no. Paul just says this. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we're all parts of the same body. You're gonna to start to see a pattern in these next few verses that Paul is saying, don't do this. And he just goes right to it. Do this, here's why. Don't do this, do this, here's why. Okay, you got that rhythm going? He says this, stop telling lies. Don't. Tell the truth. Why? Because we're all part of the same body. Verse 26, don't let, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Families, listen to this. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Don't have anger that leads to sin. You should have no unresolved anger. Get it taken care of now. Why? So the devil doesn't gain a foothold. Verse 28, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Well, that's pretty easy. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Stop stealing. Do hard work. Good hard work so you can give generously to others. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Why? So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Don't bring sorrow. One version says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he's identified you as his own he guarantees you that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Wow, guarantees? Yeah, because our guarantee is in Jesus when we lean into that. Verse 31, it goes into a list of things not to do, right? It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Don't do this. And then it says this, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Why? Because through Christ, God has also forgiven you. So Paul says a tough word. You become hardened, you become calloused, win the battle of your mind. And when it comes down to it, 
you just got to make a decision and do some tough things. You say, well, that's, you're talking about, you're talking about works. Like I'm saved through, through my faith and grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But scripture tells us that faith without works is, is dead. <laughs> and, and God says through Paul in this that, hey, there were people that have fallen away. And to, to, to get your life recalibrated, the direction again, sometimes you just have to do Sometimes you just have to make a decision and do that. How many of you understand the, the, the next couple of weeks, you're going to make New Year's resolutions all day long, right? And they're going to be fun. And you're going to say, oh, I'm going to lose weight this year. I'm going to, you know, whatever. I'm going to read 17 books a day or whatever, whatever, and all this stuff. And you're going to make all these lists. And some of those are really God-led. And I lean into some of that all, a lot. I mean, that's, that's, that's good. And yet at the end of the day, you got to wake up one morning and just do it. And Paul says, stop telling lies. Speak the truth in love so that you can be an encouragement. We all are in unity. Stop using foul or abusive language. Encourage one another. Because you understand what I'm saying? There's this, there's this mentality of just do it. Make a decision to do it. You say, well... I've got a lot, I've got a long list in my life. Like it's pretty overwhelming. Have you ever done that before? You make a list of the to-do list and it just gets really challenging and overwhelming. Sometimes the list itself is like, check off the to-do list as part of my to-do list, right? Because it's just so massive and you can get paralyzed by that. Well, it's almost like Paul is giving us an opportunity to say, hey, would you just start with one of them? Would you just start with one area that maybe one of those is the hardened or calloused spot in your life and you say, just make a decision and do this differently this week. Some of you, it's kind of the overall of, I don't really have the tools like you said as far as winning this battle in my mind. I I need to learn more of God's word. Well, you know what? Take my verse this week. Put it on a post-it note. Put it on the dashboard of your car. Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Some of you have probably already done that with our, our Ephesians theme verse. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we're God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he's planned for us to do long ago. Just do it. Just do it. You know what's great about being a part of a family like Calvary is even at the end of our service today, we could grab a friend or a neighbor and say, hey, this is what God's telling me. Maybe a husband, wife, if you're a young adult in this room that you're, you're single, you might find a friend and say, you know what? God's telling me this area. Hold me accountable to that this week. When I was youth ministry as district youth director doing camps. We used to say it this way at altar times that so many times our altar experiences, even though God meets, I believe there's, there's principle and the altar is so significant, but if we're not careful, um, we can, we can just let those quick prayers of, 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 of just, you know, just be kind of a, a ritual almost and not like we don't live it out afterwards. And, and so many times we, we cannot allow our, our short little just, hey, cutesy little whatever, be kind of a duct tape type solution. How many times we fi- put duct tape on something that don't actually fix the real problem, right? We just cover it up. I'm just telling you today that God can initially heal and fix and forgive, and it's instantaneously, that's great. But then he also says, 
go live. The woman caught in the act of adultery, what did he say? You're forgiven, your sins are no more, right? But then he said what? Go and sin no more. Now we gotta put action to it. So we just gotta decide to do. The worship team's gonna come and help me conclude today and it's a very simple conclusion and that's, that's simply this. The idea, just do it. Like, just do it. Take one area and just do what God has called you to do. You say, well, uh, uh, it's a struggle. That's why you've got the weapons of, your war, of our warfare. They're not carnal. What? They're, they're, they're our, our spiritual weapons that God has given to us. There's a story that I read several, uh, it's been so long ago, I've actually told this story, this illustration, an article that was written. I don't even have the author and uh, but it was a, an illustration that I think seals this idea of at the end of the day, you've got the truth, now just do. This author writes this, he says, the other day I was waiting to pick up a friend at the airport and I had one of those experiences that changed people's lives. It happened just two feet away from me. I noticed a man carrying two bags coming toward me towards me and he stopped next to me to greet his family. Well, first of all, he laid down his bag and came closer to his younger son. This was probably about six years old. They gave each other a warm, loving hug. And then the father looked in his son's eyes with, and with these words he said, I missed you so much. It's so good to see you, son. The boy smiled and said, me too, Dad. Then the man talked to his older son, who was probably nine or 10. He said, oh, you're quite the young man. I love you so very much. And he cupped his face when they hit close to his, and they had the most tender hug. Afterwards, the father said, hi, baby girl, to his baby daughter. And she was squirming excitedly in her mother's arms and watching her returning father all this time. And the man gently took his little daughter and quickly kissed her face all over and then held her close to his chest. And the little girl laid her head on his shoulder in pure contentment. After several moments, the man looked in at his wife and said these words. He said, I've saved the best for last and shared with her the most passionate embrace and kiss. They stared at each other, beaming big smiles, and they reminded me of newlyweds. I found myself awkwardly staring at this scene in front of me. How many of you people watchers can relate to that, right, when you get caught by, oh, oh, oh. I found myself awkwardly staring at this scene in front of me, drawn in by such an emotional display. And suddenly, before I could stop it, I heard myself saying what was in my mind. I heard myself ask, asking, wow, how long have you been married? Well, I've been together 14 years. I've been married 12 of those. It keeps going. And he says, well, then how long have you been away? He replied with a joyous smile on his face, two whole Days. I was stunned. 
I'd imagine he had been gone for several weeks at least. I could only say, and I kept saying things that I thought would stay in my head, but they kept coming out. And he says, wow, I hope my marriage is still that passionate after 12 years. And the man looked straight into my eyes and told me something that changed my life forever. He said, don't hope, decide. Don't hope, decide. You say, well, Pastor John, that's kind of a cute little story. What does that mean as far as the scripture says? Well, I believe that Paul, through the leading of God, is giving us a picture of this new life. And it could be challenging to us to see, man, those are some areas that that I need to improve or change. Your direction is more important than your speed. Decide to stay on that directive path towards Jesus. Decide. You say, well, I've already kind of turned my back and turned the other way. That's okay. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. God always gives us U-turn options. Always. Don't hope, decide. Today in the conclusion of our service, we're gonna have a unique opportunity to participate in an example of what God says will help us keep this faith growing within us. In fact, Paul goes on in Ephesians 5. He says, imitate God in verse 1. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you're his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. That's pretty good. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me, church, in this place. And if you're online, just posture yourselves to, to conclude with us today at the end of our, our time, which is now. We have an opportunity to do what Paul just said, imitate God, the example of Christ. Some of you that have been in church, you understand what the idea of communion is. And the communion uh, elements are there in the seat pockets somewhere in front of you. Just take those with you as you prepare. You see, communion, this, this time of coming, we say to the Lord's table. And basically the reason why we say that is because we're remembering back Jesus doing this same thing. Jesus sat with his disciples in a room and it was a moment right before they were about to be sent out to, to change the world as are we. And he said, hey, I wanna remind you that all of this that you're about to encounter, all of it, is, is able for you to accomplish because of what you're about to see. I'm gonna die a cruel death on a cross, but be, be very aware, I'm not gonna stay there. And they're gonna, you're gonna see them put me in a tomb, but be very aware, I'm not gonna stay there either. In fact, in a few days, I'm gonna come hang out with you again because you're gonna see I'm risen. And Jesus was saying to them, as he says to us, imitate God through Paul, he said that, And Paul also says in one of his other letters to the church in Corinth, he gives us instructions on this very thing of how we can do. And so in a minute, we're gonna do that, but I'm just gonna encourage you. We we like to make a habit of this, not because it's a, a ritual, but because the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. And for some of you that are in, line, in, the, in the room here this morning or those of you that may be watching online, you say, this is all new. I haven't started this, this relationship. You know what? That's, that's okay. It's great. You're here for a very important reason. And in fact, in that room where Jesus had people around him 
There were some, there were some rotten people in that room. There were some people that were going to betray him and yet he still gave his life for them. And yet maybe you, Seth, I've not accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And in a minute when we're dismissed, you've seen some of the people that come forward. Others are gonna be in the lobby with lanyards that you simply say here to serve. Can I encourage you? Find one of them and you say, you know what? Today I made a commitment in that last prayer time to commit my life to Jesus. Would you agree together with me in prayer? God can let, let today be the U-turn that would say, hey, let's change directions and we're gonna, we're gonna just believe together with you. For the rest of you that have served Jesus and are part of this family, Paul gives us some instructions. He says this, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Would you take the little bread wafer that's in front of you? God, I thank you for this gift. Thank you for your body that you gave for us. Thank you for the sacrifice in Jesus' name. Amen. Take that bread with me. Paul says in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Father, I thank you that through this blood that you shed and through this, this juice that we have in front of us that's representative of that blood, God, we are grateful for the sacrifice on the cross. You purchased our salvation. You purchased our healing. God, there had to be a sacrifice for us, and you gave your son to be that sacrifice. We're grateful for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Help us to remember that every day. In Jesus' name, will you take the cup with me today? Hallelujah. Can we just thank the Lord just for a few moments? Just thank him for his gift of salvation. God, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for dying on a cross so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be healed, so that I could be restored. God, help our hearts always to be in the direction of you so that you would continually make our hearts more like you. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Stephen's gonna lead us before we're closed today. I encourage you, your direction is what matters, not the speed. Amen. Hallelujah.